children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come children's bible journey with stories and songs just for kids we have a dramatized bible story coming up but let's get today's program started by singing praises to our awesome god to help me.
an awesome way to praise the Lord. We'll do some more singing then in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. There, the harvest is done. We have gathered the sheaves. Now we can prepare for the joyful feast of tabernacles at Jerusalem. At last, the olives have all been pressed and the oil stored in bottles. Now we shall prepare for the journey to Jerusalem and the feast of tabernacles. juice will be in jars. Then we can go to Jerusalem. I enjoy so much the Feast of Tabernacles. It is the most happy time of the entire year. Are we going to live in a tent this year, Father? Of olive boughs and palm branches? <laughs> of course, son. Everyone does. Jerusalem itself and the surrounding hills take on the appearance of living green. From housetops to mountain summits, people erect and use living green tents. But Jesus is our brother and we have a right to talk to him and ask him some questions. Find out what he's going to do. <sighs> I doubt he'll answer, but go ahead. You question him, I'll listen. Oh, now come, Jesus. For quite a while now, you've not attended the feasts in Jerusalem. Why? Well, we think it's time you should go. Leave Galilee and go to the Feast of Tabernacles. Show the people what you can do, the power you have. No man does great things in secret, but to be known openly, Jesus. We're your brothers. We know what's best for you. And we say, if you do these great things, show yourself to the world. Then the leaders in Jerusalem will believe and honor you. My time is not yet come. Your time? The world cannot hate you, but me it hateth, because I testify against the evil in the world. Go ye unto the feast. I go not up yet unto this feast, for my time is not yet fully come. Oh, all right. Come on, brother. Jesus is stubborn as always. We'll go to the feast without him. to admit, brother, that this is a beautiful sight. Yes. Everywhere. On housetops, in street corners, in open places, along the city walls, on the surrounding hills and valleys, everywhere one looks are tents made of living green. Oh, truly the harvest time. Greetings, strangers. Welcome to Jerusalem. Greetings, my fellow. <laughs> now we're happy to visit Jerusalem. We abide in Nazareth. Nazareth? Oh, that's where Jesus is from. Do you know him? Well, uh, rather well, <laughs> yeah, he happens to be our brother. Step-brother. Well, well, my fortune is good this day. I've been wanting to ask someone about Jesus, and I run into his brothers. <laughs> you uh, you will answer my questions? Surely. If we can. Well, you, you know if he is the Messiah or not, don't you? Uh, we, uh... 
Well, we're not sure. He claims to be, doesn't he? Uh, yes, at times. He, he says he is. He performs miracles? So people say. But you, his brothers, aren't sure if he does or not? Well, no. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, we have seen him perform a few miracles. But then he must have the power that you... Uh... Here comes a scribe and an elder. Oh. We must not speak openly of Jesus. No man dares for fear of the leaders. Yes, my friend, it's a beautiful sight. But the seventh and last day of the feast is the most impressive of all. On that day, the great ceremony that reminds us of bringing water from the rock in the wilderness is enacted. Oh, a most beautiful and touching sight. Uh, but uh, what do the people think about him? His own people. I'm come from a far land. Some say that he's merely a good man. Others say uh, he deceiveth the people. But most of the people think that... Something's happening over there. Why, it's our brother. Jesus? Jesus. It is Jesus. He came to the ceremonies after all. <laughs> I'll say one thing for him. He has nerve. Shows no fear whatsoever. And he certainly knows how much the elders and scribes and Pharisees hate him and are seeking cause for his death. Appears as if he's about to speak to the multitude. Here in the temple? Well, the scribes and priests won't let him. Or will they? They fear him more than he does them. They dare not stop him. He will speak. Let's go nearer so we can hear every word. And Jesus spoke unto the people there in the temple court. The multitude was spellbound. The very men who were the most violently opposed to him felt themselves powerless to do him harm. For the time, all other interests were forgotten. After day, Jesus spake to the people. All the people are marveling at the knowledge and power and learning with which Jesus speaks, yet he has no schooling at all. But he speaks with more authority and assurance than the scribes and priests themselves, and his knowledge of scriptures is far above that of anyone anywhere. How? Why? You know, perhaps because of his many hours in the woods and among things of nature. He was always running off to the hills, remember? And we thought it was to get out of work, but uh, perhaps... I wonder. You wonder? What? Could it be that the angels taught him? Well, such a thing could be, I suppose. I think they did. There's no other way he could have gained so much learning. Special messengers from on high, angels from God. The last day of the Feast of Tabernacles was the great day. On that morning, the people were weary from the long season of festivity. They had been engaged in a continuous scene of pomp and festivity. Their eyes had been dazzled with light and color, and their ears regaled with the richest music. But there had been nothing in all this to meet the wants of the spirit, nothing to satisfy the thirst of the soul for that which perisheth not. Suddenly, Jesus lifted up his voice in tones that rang throughout the courts of the temple. If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible and Living Sound at 
1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. working. Dear Diary, this is Kim. My teacher in health class told us to keep a record of what we're doing to stay healthy each day this week. I'm using this voice recorder so I don't have to write everything down, which is a good thing because I can't read my own writing. Dad says I should be a doctor. I'm 12 years old and I'm supposed to tell you what I did today to stay healthy. Well, first of all, I ate breakfast. A lot of kids my age don't eat breakfast. They drink something sweet or wolf down a donut on the way to the bus. That's totally not healthy. In just a few hours, they're so hungry they can't think straight, or they go to sleep at their desks because they don't have any energy. All that sugar makes them feel good for about 30 minutes. Then they get depressed because their bodies don't have any fuel left. That's what our health teacher calls food. Fuel. I ate a big bowl of whole grain cereal with some peaches, honey, and soy milk on top. Then I grabbed a handful of mixed nuts and finished with a sliced apple. It was delicious. That breakfast kept me going strong until lunch. I didn't get sleepy or hungry, which is a good thing because we had a history test this morning and I needed at least a B. Mr. Jensen said I got a B plus. Whew. So what did I learn about health today? Eat a good breakfast. It can keep you awake and maybe help your grades.
God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, He established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists.
boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Hawaii, Here We Come by Sari Fordham. Congratulations, you've won a trip to Hawaii for four, the voice on the phone said. My mouth dropped open. No way! How awesome! It was January in Texas. Our front lawn was brown and the leafless trees by the mailbox looked like gigantic toothpicks. Instead of snow, we got wind that snapped at my exposed cheeks. I missed the sun. Just two years before, my family had lived as missionaries in Kenya. Banana and papaya trees flourished in our garden. The sun, as big and cheerful as a beach ball, hung in a brilliant sky. I wore shorts and flip-flops all year long. For vacations, we would travel to the Indian Ocean. In the morning, my father would make real coconut syrup, which we drizzled over our pancakes. Then my sister and I would race down the sand dunes toward the water. Sometimes we collected shells. Sometimes we plunged into the water, letting the waves crash over our heads. And sometimes we went snorkeling, my favorite activity. With my face in the water, the ocean floor looked like a miniature world. There were seaweed jungles, sandy roads, and coral kingdoms. I would follow blue and yellow angelfish and pretend we were all taking a trip to the market. Since we'd come back to the United States, we hadn't taken any family vacations. We couldn't afford to because money was tight. My father was going to school. My mother was teaching part-time and trying to find a better-paying job. On the double coupon day, our family hit the Winn-Dixie supermarket. We'd scamper down the aisles clutching coupons for tomato sauce, cooking oil, and mushroom soup. I hated coupon shopping. Life in America was not turning out the way I had expected. I thought it would be glamorous. I would finally be in a class with more than four students. I would finally have a chance to eat ice cream, have a best friend my age, watch TV, talk on the telephone, and roller skate. Instead, the kids on the bus called me African Girl. They set their backpacks down on the empty seat beside them. I would walk up and down the aisle trying to find a place to sit. At school, things didn't get easier. I did everything wrong. I didn't know how to pronounce the names of Texas towns. I couldn't hit a softball. I didn't wear the right brand of jeans. Everyone here wears guess, a girl explained to me one day. I smiled shyly and said, thank you. But how could I tell my parents that? We didn't have enough money to turn on the heat at night. I longed to return to Africa. I wanted to sit on our front porch and watch the stars fill the sky. I wanted to play with the pets we had given away to other missionary families. I wanted to take a family vacation to the beach. I wanted to run barefoot over white sand, to feel the sun on my face, to laugh. My parents were at a prayer meeting when the phone rang. My older sister, Sonia, was visiting one of her friends. I ran to the kitchen and picked it up. Hello? Is this the Fordham residence? A woman asked. Yes, it is, I said. I listened breathlessly as the woman told me that we had won a trip to Hawaii. To claim your prize, you need to call this number, she explained. I grabbed a sheet of paper and wrote down the number. My heart was pounding and I couldn't stop smiling. We were going to Hawaii. I tried the number. A pre-recorded message said that I needed to write down an address and send away for my free vacation. I listened for the address. My pen was poised to write it down, but I could hear only a few words. The recording was muffled. When the recording ended, I didn't have the complete address. I punched in the number and listened again. I still couldn't hear most of it. I tried again and again. Finally, I gave up. 
I would just have to give my parents the number and have them listen for the address. When I heard the front door open, I raced to the entryway and told my parents the good news. You did what? My mother shouted. She took the sheet of paper from my hand and looked down at the number I had written. The smile fell off my face and tears stung my eyes. This is a 900 number. Every call is very expensive. How many times did you call? My mother asked, her voice softening a bit. I don't know, I said, looking down at the floor. A lot. It was hard to hear, but they said we've won a trip to Hawaii. I looked at my father. She knew our name and everything. We just have to get the address. Hmm, my dad said, taking off his shoes. I'll have to check it out. I know you meant well, my mother said, but they're scam artists. People don't give away trips to Hawaii. My parents rushed into the living room. They dropped their coats on the couch and dad grabbed the phone. This should be illegal, I could hear my dad saying. I put on my shoes, grabbed my coat, and ran outside. I shoved my cold fingers deep into my pockets and kicked at small stones. A lump formed at the back of my throat. I had wanted to help, and instead I had made everything worse. I wondered how much money my mistake was going to cost. Whatever it was, I knew my parents couldn't afford it. I walked around the block and then came back home. When I opened the front door, my mother was sitting in the living room. She smiled. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have gotten angry, she said, motioning for me to sit down beside her. I didn't know, I said, tears starting to slide down my cheeks again. A trip to Hawaii would have been nice, huh, my mother said. But don't worry. The phone company won't charge us for those calls. Your dad talked to them. But the lady said we won. Are you sure we didn't? I'm afraid so. It was a drawing, and you had to send in a postcard to register. I don't think anyone will win, my mother said. The phone company said that a lot of people have complained. You weren't the only one who fell for that trick. We had worship late that evening. My dad talked about free gifts. He said that the only free gift we can count on is salvation. Before Jesus left for heaven, he promised, I am going there to prepare a place for you. After I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. John 14, verses 2 and 3. A trip to heaven? Now there's a vacation I can believe in. The story you have heard today is from God's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Children come, don't dare drive them away, and then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy, foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come, please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.